Thank you for joining the IPG Media Lab up here on Floor 9. I am your host, Scott Elchin, and join with me today are Angel Mendoza. Hello, world. Christina Andronli. Hello. And Adam Simon. Hi. We have a jam-packed episode for you today. Uh, We'll be kicking off and talking all about the recent Apple event that just went down this week, the iPhone event. But also, guys, for our listeners, it's Floor 9's one-year anniversary. So we're finally all, you know, old enough to clap and say happy birthday. Woo! Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. So uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll kind of get right into it. So uh, a little background on the event. Uh, Every year, well, twice a year, Apple does events, and this one is their annual fall event where they announce a new lineup of iPhones. Uh, It is pretty much the Christmas that we all want, and we're very all excited to go out and buy the new phones that they have announced. Um, But in addition to phones, they talk about the new Apple Watch, uh, as well as some um, interesting demos when it comes to um, AR um, features. So uh, I think we'll just start the show off with the Apple Watch and what was announced on stage. So I'm going to kick this over to our strategy team. Uh, Christina or Adam, do you guys want to talk about what was quickly announced uh, with the Series 4 Apple Watch? Sure. Yeah, the the new Apple Watch, I think the, the most notable uh, changes are that it, it is a new design. Uh, it has a larger screen. Uh, it's a little thinner. Um, it's got ceramic on the back. The, the digital crown has a haptic feedback now. Um, and also, as part of that, uh, they as Apple likes to do, they added some uh, more health tracking in that it actually now supports um, ECG or electrocardiogram detection. Um, so you get a more in-depth heart uh, analysis, heart rate analysis. Right. They really branded this year as the intelligent guardian for your health. Um, which they seem to be every year just kind of doubling down on what the Apple Watch can do for a health perspective, which is pretty interesting uh, when it comes to a, a wearable. Because as they said, this is the first watch ever to have the uh, ECG product in, as well as the other thing they mentioned was the um, uh, fault detection. So now, in case you happen to be aware of the watch and you fall down, there are certain motions that your arms make to signal that you have fallen. And if you don't get up in a certain amount of time, um, they send an actual an SOS, which is you know, a pretty pretty life-saving uh, feature. Yeah, it actually seems like it will probably help. The ECG thing is really awesome, uh, but the fall detection probably for most people on a day-to-day basis might be a more important thing uh, addition to the, to the watch. I wonder if there will be any false triggers when it comes to working out. Because depending on what workout you're doing, you're going up and down, for example, burpees. So I wonder if that will actually trigger some, <laughs> some SOS. SOS in the gym, I'm burning too many cows. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's, it's, I, I think what we're seeing here is like a lot of solid developments and what the Apple Watch can do, um, what's powering on, on the internals. Um, and I think also interesting is that with the new watch face, it, it can now host up to eight different complications. Uh, so we, when we look at this from a brand perspective, you know, like there's a lot more real estate to get on there from a branding perspective. They kind of um, did some demos with um, updating airline uh, notifications, um, there, I believe there was something else about, obviously, there's health and fitness uh, opportunities available. Um, so it's just interesting to see, you know, what can be done from, like, the new watch face from a brand perspective. And a new stocks app. They love their stocks app. But they had to make the little T uh, very prominent when they hit the uh, trillion-dollar market cap. Uh, <laughs> um, but... Um, 
The other thing I was going to say here is when it comes to the Apple Watch is the privacy. Uh, that also seems to be very key with Apple. Um, as per usual, uh, everything is up to the actual user itself to divvy out the data, whether that be to your um, doctor or keep it stored in uh, a safe. Uh, so I think you know Apple, again, is in a great position to leverage what they have to offer when it comes to privacy and securities from a marketing side of their, like, the business. They just keep hyping on that as that's a big... Um, a big, you know, concern in today's marketplace. Um, you guys have any other comments about the Apple Watch? Things you didn't like? Things that you wanted to see more of? I think notably, they got more expensive. <laughs> they did get more expensive, <laughs> which is uh, interesting. It's the the GPS one is starting at four hundred dollars, and the cellular is starting at five hundred dollars, which is slightly higher than last year's models. And obviously, it goes up from there. There's the stainless steel ones, which are even more expensive, and then all the way at the top, the the Hermes edition. Or they're not the editions. I'm sorry. The yeah, the editions are no Hermes, more. The Hermes line, which has uh, sort of replaced the edition permanently as the the top of the line watches. Yeah, Christina, are you going to get one of the Apple watches? I know you're kind of uh, in the camp of half and half now after seeing the new announcements. You know, I'm considering it. I think uh, for me, what's held me back is more aesthetic. Uh, And I think with Hermes, they're really nice looking, albeit more expensive. But I think it is definitely a step in the right direction there. Um, What I think is interesting, my first thought when I saw things like falling and like uh, heart monitoring, uh, it, it's, it becomes an interesting gifting proposition. So my initial thought when I saw those was, you know, what is wearable penetration for people who are, who have a higher likelihood or in the age to have a higher likelihood of those types of things. But I actually think it almost doesn't even matter because the people who are tech savvy, who are potentially looking after uh, older parents or older relatives or older friends, even, um, it could be an interesting way in for that as well. Uh, so it almost doesn't even matter what the penetration is at higher age groups. So during the presentation, they said all day battery, and I believe six hours of outdoor slash workout battery life. I wonder, and I say this every year, I wonder if that includes a workout app plus streaming music. Because six, I feel like that's going to bring down the battery life. And for a marathon runner, I know they called it out during the presentation. That might not be enough to actually get through waiting an actual race and post race. Well, we'll have to buy one and find out, right? We'll we'll, we'll send you on the the the, uh, the hamster wheel, the lab expense. Report. Yeah, lab lab expense report. But you you bring up a good point with the uh, you know like the actual battery. I think that's one thing that all consumers are always asking for is more battery life, more battery life, more battery life. And hopefully now it's something I've actually given. Uh, and Christina, to like to your point, um, I agree. You know, this is a like the watch is now I think a pretty simple way to bring in more consumers that might be outside of the traditional uh, demographic that, that that they target with just like the standard iPhone. I think this is. A great way to kind of bring in the you know more more senior generation because it one provides them a benefit, but then two, um, you know, it's a great like you said, it's it's a great gift opportunity and it's becoming a lot more stylistic and it's I think it's even probably driving a lot of what people are wanting from watches in the future. It was interesting. Uh, one of my aunts posted about my grandmother on Facebook asking for are there any fall detection. Uh, products out there and everything was kind of bulky and things had to be, there were just a bunch of different systems you had to link together, which for a 90 year old woman who's very fit, 
uh, is still kind of out of the realm of possibility, but I think had this, you know, I will certainly tell them about this, but I think it is a really easy, easy to wear, simple, integrated solution for things like that, that my aunt will certainly shell out money for. Yeah, no, I, I completely, I completely agree. And the one thing I was thinking about with, with the watch, um, obviously, you know, it, it's becoming separate from the phone now you know, compared to like what the Apple watch was before. It used to be kind of like a, like a, like a tether. Um, and you know, it, it could be this like step to get people used to, you know, like leaving their phones at home as we, as we previously talked about. But as we look to the future of what, you know, Apple could be working on when it comes to glasses, that might be something more like more lightweight. Again, it's just one step to help curve consumer behavior to get them used to, you know, leaving the phone at home and maybe is going out with a pair of glasses or whatever it might be, um, you know, kind of slowly developing like that consumer behavior. Yeah, they're definitely headed in that direction. Although, um, having had an LTE watch for almost a year now, it is not uh, really, it's not super well thought through exactly how the implementation works. It, it does; it's not quite as smooth as you would like it to be. Mm-hmm. I think the streaming music and podcasts that come with uh, the Watch OS five that's coming out next week, I think, will help a lot. But it's not quite there yet. And, and you know, we definitely back in the day, there was a moment when on stage. Uh, during an iOS release, they said, this is the version of iOS that you can now use, set up an iPhone and use it entirely without plugging it into a computer ever. Um, and I think that we're not quite there yet with the watch. I do think that hopefully next year is the year that that happens, that it really they really push it over, over the hump uh, and make it totally separate from the phone. But I think we've still got a little ways to go. I do think you bring up a good point, though. It almost... I don't see at least for the next several years, us totally abandoning our phones for our watches or for um, AR glasses. I do think the Apple, the iPhone has a a sort of halo effect with those other mobile light accessories. Um, But I do think it strategically makes sense for Apple to not replace the phone, but to grow the share of the pie with things that are attached to the phone and anchored in the phone. Um, I, yeah, I don't see the functionality being robust enough yet for people to just entirely abandon their phones and only go with watches in the same way kind of we've seen with iPad and computers in a way as well. Yeah, I think that's a good analogy. Yeah, and and, and on the the topic of phones, I think we should dive straight into uh, what has been announced in the phone category. Uh, So two new phones, the iPhone XS. 10S. 10s already blew it and i knew that was going to happen and the which is a 5.8 inch display going for 999 and the larger version of it the iphone 10s max which has a 6.5 inch display goes for 1099 uh, as well as a little sneak peek at the third phone that was released was the iphone 10 xr which is the more uh, budget phone that was released with an lcd screen and a 5.5 inch display what is everybody's hot take on these names? At first, I was confused. I was like, what is going on all these X, R, S, Max? It's like the super phone and then the super, super phone. And yeah. the super <laughs> is super phone. That comes in different colors. You know, it's hard to keep all those consonants straight, but I'm sure with repeated 
exposure to them, it'll quickly become a part of our vernacular, just like everything they do. Does. Yeah. I also just, I don't think it, then look, the naming is, you're right. It's totally awkward, but I don't think it actually matters. People are right. are going to walk into either an Apple store or a carrier store or a Best Buy or whatever, and they're going to ask for the new iPhone and they're going to have three options and then they're going to pick based on size and price, you know, yep. and maybe color. True, but I don't know. I just like when I saw those names on the screen and how they were like the, how the copy was placed. I just thought that was it wasn't Apple. It wasn't clean. It it just, it just seemed clunky to me. I think it, I think it would have made more sense if it was like here's the iPhone and it comes in two sizes and then we have like the iPhone C, which is like the colored one that has all the different colors. I think that, I think that's more in Apple's you know style of what the phone's branding can be. But that's yeah. just me. I I do think that. Maybe next year we'll get a reset on naming and they'll they'll choose a totally new naming scheme. The real problem is that as long as they keep the older models around and sell them at lower prices, they have to give generations some kind of name that changes over time. Yeah. Otherwise, there's no way to sort of delineate the older phones um, that they're still selling. Uh, and in this case, that's the 7 and the 8. I, the weird thing is that Apple, for some reason, loves to give great color diversity in the cheaper products right and for right. some reason it does not like to have a lot of a wide range of color options on the higher end products um, but in this case i actually think the most interesting thing about this announcement is that the 10r even though it is the cheaper phone um, is not it's not really missing that many features of the 10s and the 10s max uh, it really you have a, a different tech screen technology which is technically worse but it you know apparently it looks pretty good i don't know we'll, we'll see once reviews are in um and it has only one camera on the back but that's really the only thing that it's missing is the dual rear camera and the oled screen right aren't the bezels slightly thicker i'm not i'm mm. not i'm not sure on that one but i was it was funny as i was seeing this phone come out they have the same and your like optical camera in the front screen that the higher end versions do and the first thought that came to my head was okay between the iphone 10r and the iphone 10s and 10s max selfies are going to be exactly the same and i think think that is the one thing that's going to that all that because like that all that matters is like as long as my selfies across the both are fine we're golden they're going to sell it's going to be it's going to be fantastic yeah i actually think a lot of people who would otherwise be in the market for the 10 uh, the 10s might choose the 10r just based on the colors that are available. Yeah, I'm, I was I was sitting here. I was like, I might trade my 10, my like my old 10 now in for the R just because I want some color diversity in my life. You know, I, I want a bright blue phone or a bright yellow phone. Well, maybe not yellow, but uh, that's just kind of and you're kind of just, just to switch it up. But I was interesting to hear from from them is that it's this year they really talked about the internals of the phone and they talked a lot of like a lot. I think more than they ever have before. And uh, I think one of the biggest takeaways here was that with the new A12 Bionic chip, it can process 5 trillion operations per second. Now, that sounds super impressive. I can't really comprehend that. That just seems that's just out of out of my scope of what I'm able to understand, but Adam, you say something? Yeah, I think the the interesting thing about the chip and the thing to know, like obviously that number is impressive, but the the way to think about it is that it is the first seven nanometer processor on the market anywhere in the world. Um, Apple has the best chip design team in the entire world right now, 
And the 7 nanometer is like a next generation, basically, step for processors. And there's a lot of uh, Intel is having problems with developing their 7 nanometer processors right now. This is a huge step uh, for Apple. It's just further cementing how far ahead they are in literal design of chips than anybody else right now. And it's interesting because I think one of the issues that we've seen with the like, the like like the prospect of AR glasses is the miniaturization, and they seem to be getting better each iteration. It's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, this this machine that we now have, it's it's like it is a machine. Like this thing can process five million operations per second. So like they're really looking to to show off just how well this thing can do uh, for machine learning and ideally AR and what that means to run run all these processes because they're obviously working towards this AR future. And, you know, I think they're really setting the stage for a phone that could power some sort of lightweight third party, you know, um, peripheral that you can put on your, put on your face and kind of interact with it as a, you know, the next wave of computing. Well, it won't be third party. It'll well, be first party. Right. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, they, yeah, they talked specifically about the neural engine, which is another, um, Apple designed chip designed for machine learning and artificial intelligence. They talked about that this year as being real time, which I'm putting quotes around it because that's what they how they talked about it. Um, but that, of course, is super useful for all kinds of machine learning and all kinds of on device artificial intelligence, but will be absolutely critical to augmented reality and actually understanding and processing the input from the camera of the real world in real time. Like, Real time is uh, an interesting way to talk about it, but uh, however fast it is, it's very fast. What did you guys think about the demos that were on stage? And Christina, I want to start with you. They did three different demos to kind of show off the AR capabilities. I was curious to know like, what are your uh, like 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 your thoughts on those demos? I loved the one that uh, Steve Nash was up there doing. Um, I think in line with their health and fitness positioning. It was interesting to see that you can kind of become your own basketball coach using AR now. And I think what it showed to me was it's a broader range of usage of AR and mach- or and camera advanced cameras, essentially, that you can be your own coach. And I thought that was really interesting. And it's nice to see um, usages beyond just like taking advantage of the camera's ability to process physical spaces and f- physical measurements to... Um, take AR beyond gaming and kind of get that into the hands of um, maybe even non-early adopters or non-gamers. Right. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. I, I agree 100%. I think that's that, that's also what I was most excited about because we've seen a lot of gaming use cases and you know, we're slowly starting to see more and more like utility use cases that are going to re- be used and powered by these phones. Um, so I was really excited about this um, home court basketball training application that's out there today because, you know, again, to your point, it it, they showed it off to show off spatial tracking and motion tracking that the camera can do that and then do all those back-end processes on it. Um, but then, of course, the Galactica demo that was just for multiplayer, they keep showing off multiplayer. Um, it seems like there's a debate in the room whether or not um, it was a good demo. I'm looking at Angel specifically. I personally didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why didn't you like it? I feel like they show the same thing every event. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with you. Um, and then of course the very first game demo was the Bethesda game studios with Tom Howard that just showed graphic, like, like the, like the graphic processing power of the actual, um, chip in it. Cause it was pretty much displaying console level, PC level graphics on the phone. So that's pretty impressive. But again, yeah, but that's also a simplistic game. There wasn't much to it. 
in my opinion. So I'm not sure how impressed I was with the graphic chip. But again, that's just me. I got nothing to say to that, but all right. We'll move we'll move on. Uh, does anybody have any any other things that like they they want to talk about with the phones in specific? Yeah. Um I just wanted to call out the um dual SIM uh in all of the phones, which um is pretty interesting. It's one of the last remaining like smartphone features that the iPhone just has never supported. Um, so it's pretty cool that they're supporting it. Um, and the eSIM in particular, which is going to be available for every country except China, um, which isn't quite ready for eSIM yet. That's actually an interesting strategic move in that it means that you can sort of reprogram your the SIM card that's embedded in the phone without needing to manually swap it out if you wanted to switch carriers or something like that. It's something that the carriers really don't like, um, but it's obviously a plus for consumers if you can manually switch your carrier or in software switch your carrier. Right. The Bennett, um, Bennett Evans was talking about this on Twitter, which was interesting. The dilemma of in, possibly in the future with the eSIM or dual SIM, you as the consumer can just swap out whatever carrier you have at the time based off rates. So whoever's rate is the cheapest, you'll just automatically swap that. And the one issue they say is like, oh, what about your phone number? doesn't really matter because you talk to everybody through messaging apps. So it kind of like circumvents around the need for an actual traditional phone number, which is interesting. But of course, there are some other limitations to that. But, you know, something to think about. Also makes it super easy if you're traveling and want to pop in a foreign SIM. You can keep your existing number, but also pop in that foreign SIM and have that local foreign number for phone calls and, and whatnot. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, the other thing is uh, that it supports gigabit LTE as well as the T-Mobile 600 megahertz extended range LTE. These are kind of uh, bridge technologies while we're waiting for 5G to really be ready for market. 5G, uh, Verizon just announced they're going to start rolling out something that they're calling 5G and is not entirely 5G for home use um, in, later this year. But 5G for handsets is probably coming sometime next year, although I don't think based on Apple's adoption rate, it's very likely that we won't see 5G in iPhones until 2020. So we're basically getting to the point where we are pushing the, the last remnants of LTE out the door um, to, to hold us over until that's ready. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. The one interesting last, this, well, this is my own personal side of tangent uh, when it comes to the camera updates I love the term that was used to describe what happens to the fuzziness in portrait mode. I didn't know that was an actual term. It was called bo boek bohek bokeh bokeh. That was I was fascinated by that. I didn't know that was a term for photography. I love that that blew my mind. That's an old school photography technique. Yeah, so I was just fascinated by that. So that's my own personal aside. They're keeping it alive. Yeah, yeah. Apple Apple loves those uh, old school terms. Mm bokeh and complications on the watch right (laughs) (laughs) um awesome well i want to move into uh a lot of what they didn't mention at the event which was pretty surprising i think we were looking to see a lot more uh things announced at this event and most notably i want to start with the very beginning of the entire conference which was with the intro video uh, and the woman talking to Siri hands three through the AirPods. Yet there were no announcements about Siri and hand free or or AirPods. Nothing. There was nothing. They just completely grazed over that one, or glazed over that one. Yeah, that, it's so frustrating. It's a it's a thing that we know is coming in the next version of the AirPods, and which seems like they were going to be announced at this event, and uh, they were not. Presumably because they are also waiting on 
the wireless charging pad air power which was also not announced at this event after being announced a whopping year ago and still not <laughs> shipping what do you make of that i i don't know um i i feel like they're obviously having engineering problems with it also apparently it disappeared the all mention of air power disappeared from their website so i feel like they're clearly having problems with it, developing air power it's a custom version of uh the chi wireless charging standard that they're trying to make so that you can have three devices charging on the same pad and sort of lay them down in different configurations and it would all work Clearly, it's an issue, but I just, it's so unlike Apple to announce something like that that they clearly did not have working when they announced it, like to such a degree that even a year later it's still not working. And at this point, like whatever about AirPower, I'm more upset that it, it seems to be holding back new AirPods from market at this point because AirPods have been a runaway success for them. And I think having newer versions having the hands-free siri is going to be actually a major upgrade for a lot of people maybe they will also be waterproof there was some speculation about that there's they they need to be iterating on this product because it is so successful but air power is holding it back which makes me annoyed i mean i'm still uh using a plugged in pair of headphones so i don't feel like you're paying just yet but maybe soon (laughs) <laughs> like, a, like like a caveman <laughs> no seriously it's really bad i need i need to upgrade my life um but also i mean they didn't announce anything about around Macs. uh no mention of ipads excuse me ipads uh so this leads us to believe that's and th- there's gonna be some sort of event possibly in october uh that's gonna be you know either a mac specific event um ipad event who knows what it'll be but it'll be interesting to kind of see what they have uh, in store for the rest of the year or maybe they they don't do anything. Like that would be that'd be kind of crazy. I think they need to update. Well, there are several Macs that need updating, and that they could probably do with a press release or product product briefing. But the iPads are probably going to go edge to edge, like the iPhone 10 and Face ID, um, which they will probably want to have an actual event for. So presumably yeah. there will be one. Yeah, I feel like the Macs and the iPads serve an event. People are pretty um, angelly. Your, what about your Apple the pencil? pencil? The what pencil? about the pencil? I were you, there rumors about a new pencil? There, or am there, I just crazy? There were some rumors there about were. a new pencil, but presumably to work with the phone and mm-hmm. not the iPad and the new phones. There was no I mention of it. I just don't think they're going to make an Apple pencil for for the iPhone. I mean, Steve Jobs' big thing was you can why use a stylus when you can use your finger. Well, I would think that would be compatible to both. Oh, he's kind of like links across. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that makes more sense. <laughs> I, I just I just couldn't see them just like let me just stick a stylus into the iPhone. I'd be like, there'd be no way. But that use case, yeah, that makes a bit more sense. Um, other announcements that were made when it comes to just at the very end, they kind of crammed in a bunch of things. Um, there was a HomePod announcement, just saying that the uh, you can now search for songs by lyrics and set multiple timers. So that was a uh, pretty solid update right there. And use Find My iPhone. You can ask your HomePod to make your phone play a noise, which is actually seems like a pretty That's useful genius. idea. Yeah. <laughs> the TVOS has an update shipping, 917. Uh, the HomePod update also ships on 917. And then the Mac OS Mojave is shipping on 924. So it'll be exciting to see how all of those things happen to work uh, when we get our hands on them. Well, that about sums it all up, what Apple announced today at their event. So I'm curious to know from you guys, what, what's everybody buying? What's going to be the first purchase? Uh, I'm on the iPhone upgrade program, so I'm definitely getting a new phone. I think I'm just going to stick with the 10s. I don't think I'm going to go 10s Max. 
and I'm uh, I'm gonna say I'm seventy percent likely to upgrade my watch as well. Love it, Christina. What about yourself? I hope this comes out after this, but my mom's birthday is next week, and she may be getting an Apple Watch because Ooh. she is a fitness fanatic. She loves Peloton. She loves Peloton, and she might be getting an Apple Watch. And later this year, I might be getting an Apple Watch. <laughs> but I still have to think about it. Maybe as a, as a Christmas gift. A self-gift. Why don't, you, yeah. why don't you give one to your mom, and then she can Take give it. one to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what? She wouldn't like Maybe. this anyways. <laughs> You're not even using it. <laughs> Angel, what about yourself? Well, I'm going to go with the iPhone XS Max. Oh. And Adam, I'll let you play with my phone whenever I get it. <laughs> yeah. Great. Thank you. <laughs> I'm in the I'm on board for the watch. I think that's I just think that that has the most utility, especially if there's an LTE connection and I can stream music, listen to pod. I was well then of course I think the AirPods as well. But that's fine. So it's packaged all in then I'll just spend, you know, $700 or whatever. We that's should not say true. I don't I don't have whatever $700 money. <laughs> I should say that our informal polling around the office seems to be that the Apple Watch has reached a tipping point where people suddenly everybody is is on board with with buying an Apple Watch who yeah. who weren't in previous years. I'm not a, I'm not a watch guy, but I like what they what what they offer. I am one of those people, Adam. It has it might be enough in the mainstream. And not that I go for mainstream trends, but it has enough functionality now to where it's adding value to yeah. my life yeah i think we've, we've seen a survey recently that suggested there are a lot of series zero or original apple watches in in the market still as well as series ones so i actually think we might have a super cycle of apple watch upgrades where you have both a lot of new people coming on board but also a lot of people with older watches upgrading to the new design yeah, we'll see. That's uh, that's that's interesting. A uh, little insight there, Adam. I like that. Um, but I want to move into brand takeaways. So, who wants who wants to start, Christina? I think. I mean, for me, the runaway success today has been the Apple Watch, and I think we've been really hot on the Apple Watch for a while. And I think with the state of the functionality and how much technology is actually built into the watch itself, it's opening up a lot of opportunities for brands to start thinking about um, what kind of apps and services they can build on the Apple Watch. Uh, it's certainly a very convenient way uh, for consumers to interact with products and services, especially outside of the home. Uh, and I think brands can start to think about, okay, what is convenient about my product or service that might add value to a consumer's life? And how can I extend my reach beyond their phone to potentially other products and services that uh, are either complementary or additive um, to really, I, I think it's a really nice connection point that hasn't existed for a while. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And like I said, with, with the new watch face being bigger it supports more um connections on it what was it called complications complications complications, complications. thank you like i said like there's like i said like there's just more real estate for brands to play on that an apple watch which is really exciting so with the new apple watch it does have an accelerometer and a gyroscope so for me this is more developers and brands as well that those apple watches those apps will have more functionality which will 
in essence, have more apps on a platform and in essence, make it more attractive for consumers to buy. Start the, start the network effect cycle. Bring supply, bring demand all together in unis harmony. Adam, go right ahead. And one more late breaking that actually Ooh. was discovered after we started recording. Uh, but uh, heard it here first. <laughs> the new <laughs> iPhones um, can actually read NFC tags without having to launch an app. Last year, Apple added the ability to read NFC from within an app. These new phones can read NFC on the lock screen. It does have to be unlocked, and it it sort of works the same way that the QR code scanning works, where it pops up a little notification that takes you to an action. Um, it looks like it can link both to deep link into an existing app on your phone or to uh, a web page. Um, TBD, if uh, we will ever be able to unlock the doors to our office using our phones and watches, <laughs> which is the biggest feature that I really want uh, out of my watch. But uh, it's still, nonetheless, it's a step in a direction that people have been asking for for a while and could have implications for uh, shopping and um, uh, especially around like print and out of home. things Yeah, like that. absolutely. A whole new way to engage with those out of home advertisements and placements. And when I think of that, I just think of one day we'll be able, able just to tap our phones or watch to get on the subway which is just super convenient um i'm excited about that or not even tap just walk yeah just walk just walk right in yeah that'd be mm-hmm. awesome um great well with that that is the uh, ipg media labs recap of the 2018 fall event uh, that apple has put on if you're looking for more great content go check out our website at ipglab.com from there you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter it's fantastic i'm a big subscriber recommend to all my friends what i'm doing right now uh, and if you like what you hear tell your friends share give us an itunes review whatever you can do we greatly appreciate it so thank you and we'll talk soon